Hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm Donna Grace. Welcome to the Life Rebalanced Podcast. Thank you for joining us for our first official episode of the Life Rebalanced Podcast. We're very excited to finally be here sharing some ideas with you. In this first episode, we're really sharing what I think is kind of our one of our biggest ideas. And that's because we're people who want to be doing so many things. Like I know that I feel pretty much at all times like I'm going to burst because I have so many ideas and so many things that I want to do. Do yes. you feel that way sometimes? I really do. Um, like I might be all the time. too many directions at once out at all times, but I love it at the same time. Yes. Right. Because you have so many ideas and there are so many things you care about. I know I hear the word, I don't know if I love the word, but hear the word multi-passionate oh. kind of frequently now. Yeah. I've been hearing people use that very often. It's entrepreneurs using it, but I think it applies to us because we're both practitioners and we run businesses. So there's ideas about how you can serve your clients better. Mm -hmm. Um, there's ideas about how new things you can be learning and new things you can be incorporating into your practice to actually serve clients, but then also ideas you have about building your business and building efficiencies in your business. And then also ideas that you have about yourself, how you can be growing as a person, how you can be improving your health, how you can be a better mom, a better partner, a better whatever, right? We're we're so multifaceted and there are so many things that we want to do at once and have this like general this general idea that we just always want to be improving and growing, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. But at the same time, recognizing, I think that Mm -hmm. we can do it all, just not all at the same time, right? That's the key. We absolutely can do it all, just not all at the same time. And that's Mm -hmm. something that, you know, for years we're told as women, we can have it all. We can do Mm -hmm. it all. Yes. You can't have it all at the same time. You can't do it all at the same time. And that's what we want to talk about. We have three questions that when we have guests on our show, we're going to ask them. And for this first episode, we're going to use it as an opportunity to answer those questions for you. So Lauren, would you mind starting if I ask you our questions? Sure. Would you mind mind going first as our first interviewee? (laughs) I'm happy to do that. Do you want to to share what our questions are first and then we'll Yes, go ahead. definitely. Definitely. So our first question is, what is your primary area of focus right now? Again, recognizing you can absolutely have it all, just not yes. all at the same time. Secondly, what area or areas have you decided to give yourself grace in in order to focus on that area right now? And then third, Can you identify any habits or systems or processes that you've implemented in order to improve your area of focus that you're finding most impactful? So Lauren, let's get right into it. What is your primary area of focus right now? So it's easy for me to identify my primary area of focus right now. And I think it's important to acknowledge that this is something that shifts and changes over time. So we might be revisiting this in a couple of months to check back in. Where your area right now may not be the same primary area of focus in six months. You may have exactly, exactly, and rebalanced your focus. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) and right now I am. My area of focus is more on in my personal life. I am very recently divorced, 
had been married for just over 15 years. So my area- Most of your adult life. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is important to acknowledge here. Yeah. It is. It is pretty much all of my adult life. And so as a result, the separation and divorce has put me in a position of really focusing on how am I creating the new normal for myself in my personal life? There are lots of things that haven't changed at all as a result of the divorce. My career path hasn't changed. My passion about how I serve my clients and what I do, my role as a mom, all of those things have remained very constant. But as far as what my life looks like, it is shifting and changing. I am living in a new home. I have a new way of parenting and I'm trying to establish my new normal, rebalancing my life essentially. What have some of your like biggest challenges along the way in that been? Because I know you yes. and, and I know that you're like me in a lot of ways where you thrive on routine. Yes. You thrive on you've got great habits. I will I will say that certainly you. about you. You've you've got great habits. It's something you've worked on over the last few years, I think, to really establish. But what have some of the biggest challenges been for you in this like shift to a new normal? Because That's, I mean, yeah. there are so many. <laughs> there are there obviously are. so there many. Are. And you know what? I will reframe that slightly and say I choose to view this as opportunity. Mm. So, so the challenges are really an opportunity for me to grow. So what you said about, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Well, being in a bit of a state of chaos and flux over the course of the last year has been an opportunity for me to grow as an individual. So coming to um, realize that it's really, really critical and important to have internal stability because I don't have control over a lot of what's going on around me at any given point in time, really, in life in general. And as a person, Donna, you and I have talked about this a lot, where we tend to be a little bit more type A and task-oriented and wanting to check things off the list and get things done and moving forward and making progress and achieving, which is all great. But there are certain times in life where you might just feel like you're treading water or just trying to make it through the day. And that was where I was probably for the last year or so. And now I'm, I'm coming out of that. So in that period, it really gave me the opportunity to develop skills that I didn't have before, like learning a lot more patience, number one, learning to let go of needing to control the external world around me to have an internal sense of peace and gratitude and wellness. And, and this- I know what a challenge that can be the challenge of accepting that you can't control everything around you and just trying to focus on what you can control or improve or guide. Yes. Yes. That has been the biggest challenge for me. And it was a great opportunity for growth. And I, I'm grateful for it. And and expressing gratitude. Well, yeah. Love that framing. (laughs) It's all about reframing because things are going to happen that we have no control over. And we have to choose to view it through a lens of positivity and opportunity for growth. Cool. So what other area or areas of your life have you had to give yourself grace so that you can focus on this personal area? 
this has this has been a big piece for me in realizing, you know, I spent a lot of the last several years really focused on business growth and career development. And so I made the conscious decision that I need to let go and be okay with putting that on pause to a certain extent. I have my clients who I'm serving and I'm passionate about and love working with and really enjoy all of the work that I'm doing, but it it's just not the season for me right now to be focused on growing and building that at this very moment. It's that being about- said, I mm-hmm. see you. I see you and I see the work you do. And you are still doing it. I hope you know that. You are oh. still doing it in a very big way. It just might not Thank be you. like your foot all the way down on the gas. And right. I think that's really the key. You're still doing everything. Your foot isn't all the way down on the gas pedal in every area. You're still very much doing everything. And I think you bring up a good point too, is that when you have your foot on the gas pedal in any area of your life, it's driving forward. It's overdrive. All all areas of (laughs) your life. It's just, where are you putting more of your energy at this moment? Mm. So letting go of guilt, I guess, and mm. you maybe I haven't completely done that yet, as is apparent in, in my comments here. But I think letting go of the guilt of not having the, the time maybe to devote to other things that you want to devote it to, or really letting go of guilt over, for me, self-care has been so critical and important during this whole mm. phase and time of my life. And um, an example would be to take care of myself now. I might do something like leave work 15 minutes early and pick Mm -hmm. my kids up 15 minutes late from childcare after school. Oh, so you captured a half hour? I did. And in that captured half hour, I might go for a hike or go for a run or meditate or practice yoga or something to really ground and center myself. Whereas in the past, I would have viewed that as a little bit more selfish and felt like oh, there's so many words that are happening right now. I know. Yes. <laughs> you're guilty or selfish. Or, yeah. No, this is this is really big. I'm glad you you brought this up and are explaining it because I have been the same way, I would say up until maybe months ago. Like I uh-huh. would be expressing it in months ago as opposed to years ago, in yeah. that I've always felt like I just had to do, do, do for others because I have responsibilities. I have responsibilities to people I work with, people who I work for as my clients, mm-hmm. to my children, to my husband, to my parents. And I mean, part of it is also due to what I saw growing up because my mom's kind of that way. She's mm-hmm. someone who's constantly doing for others. And I don't know, I think I grew up just thinking that was what I was supposed to do. Yes. So the idea of finding free time or carving out free time, even if it's just that 30 minutes in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am with you on that, that I would have felt guilt about leaving work a little bit early and not picking the kids up early. Yes. <laughs> like To me, yes. if I was leaving early, I better be picking the kids up early. Yes. Or if I'm leaving, if I'm going to pick the kids up late, it's because I had to work a little bit later. Yes. And that's just not true. We're allowed to do this. We're allowed to do this because in the this area of self-care, it's not selfish, first of all. That's That's the first thing. Yes. And the second is that it's it's not choosing yourself instead of choosing your children or your work. It's choosing yourself in addition to choosing your children and your work. It's not you instead of them. 
it's you too. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's you in addition to them because you deserve to choose yourself sometimes. And that was something that sounds so obvious, but it is something that truly was like mind blowing. It was that literally that emoji where the mind blows off. The yes. Top, right. And that was, it's, like, yeah, I, it's okay to choose myself sometimes. It's not okay only, to, and I don't need to apologize for it. You don't because not only is it okay to do that, it is, I think vital to do that. And, and your mom did a fantastic job displaying for you how to show up in the world in service of others, which is such a big part of how you are Donna Grace and and how I want to be as well. But then we also have to have that flip side. And I think this is a generational thing too, um, mm. where I think it's very critically important to show my children it is important to take time for yourself and to care for yourself because we want to show up as our best selves in service of others. Was thinking so, that as you said it. Yes. <laughs> yep. Was so, literally thinking that as you said it. Yep. Right. So yes, I could I could leave work 15 minutes early and pick my children up 15 minutes early and spend an extra 30 minutes of time with them. But is that time well spent? Is it quality time? Or am I spending better, more focused, intentional time with them by taking 30 minutes for myself and bringing my refreshed best self to them? I'm going to vote for the latter. (laughs) (laughs) Good choice. Good choice. And one more point that I will make is um, another area where I've given myself grace is uh, letting go of living up to other people's expectations. And I think that you touched on this a little bit, and that's where the guilt comes from. The guilt comes from not even other people's expectations of myself, but sometimes my own expectations of myself. Mm -hmm. And being able to let go of that and realize I'm not going to do this perfectly, but as long as I am intentional, thoughtful, and moving forward and in growth and development and trying to be a better mom, a better business owner, a better friend, constantly growing and improving, that's really the important piece of it. This is a seeking balance as opposed to hoping to attain yeah. balance and perfection. There's there isn't no such like thing. a bell to ring at the top of a mountain when you've achieved it. <laughs> it's no. a constant effort at rebalancing focus and rebalancing effort and and your time and, and what's going on in your life. Yeah, that's important to Definitely. acknowledge. All right, so what are some of the either habits or processes you've implemented, whatever they may be, that have helped you in this part of your journey? Yeah, I would say that The habits that have helped me in this part of my journey are actually habits that I've had very well established for a number of years. Because my life was in a little bit of a state of chaos, to have these habits really grounded me and centered me and kept me focused. And one of them, I would say probably the most important one for me was the habit of getting up every morning and going for a run. Some days that might look like a half a mile around the block. And some days that's a six mile run. But the key thing is having the habit and getting up and doing it consistently every day because it's a way to start my day that's very easy. I just put on some shoes and I go out and I run. And it's a time for me to clear my head, get focused for the day, and really feel like I'm 
taking care of myself and my my health and well-being. I like that you pointed out that it doesn't matter if the time that day only allows such that you get in a half mile versus six miles. It's not about running a certain amount of time or running a certain number of miles or whatever it is. It's about going and doing it and giving yourself that space, giving yourself that and it's exercise. Exercise in itself is, yes. just has so many benefits. Even if it's not a full workout, the fact that you're just moving your body and getting your heart rate up and it yes. fixes your focus. And that in itself can act as a cue for other things that you're going to do. So it's yes. not about completing the whole thing. Once you've completed your run, whether it be a half mile or six miles, you right. know what's coming next. And it just kind of like sets you up to continue with, with your day. So I love that you pointed out that it, it's not about how much you accomplish. It's that you did it. Right? Correct. Correct. And, and I've heard you say this before too. It's that a rising tide lifts all ships. So if you're starting your day with a win and starting your day feeling like you're taking care of yourself and showing up as your best self and prepared to enter your day running... That, nice play on words there. <laughs> well done. It, it sets the stage for how you choose to show up in all aspects of your life. Because I do believe how you show up in one area is how you show up in all areas. You know what? You also are keeping a promise to yourself. Yes. Even if you can't do that whole thing, you're you're keeping a promise to yourself to start your day that way. So I like that. Yeah. yeah. Anything so, else? Anything else besides that morning run? You know what? That's probably the, the that's most the most important thing. thing. Absolutely, definitely. That's your, your that's your keystone habit. It we'll is. get into that another time. It yeah. is. And and I will mention as an aside that had you told me ten years ago that I would be sitting here saying that I go for a run every day, I would have called you crazy. Um, <laughs> I believe <laughs> but, you. <laughs> but that just goes to show that it's in trying new things and mm. over the course of time, the things that were that are our habits. And work well for us in one season or phase of life may not serve us well in another. And, and that's part of why you and I are having these conversations in pursuit of what are the things that we can leverage and use to help us continually strive for that balance that we're seeking. Love it. Yeah. I love it. So on that note, can we turn the tables? Solid segue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> can I ask you, Donna Grace, what is your primary area of focus? Sure. So um different than yours. So right now, as opposed to something personal, my larger focus is actually very much on growing professionally. And that's a very like big kind of topic or goal to use. So if I break it down to be a little more granular, more specifically, I'm trying to really focus on creating more efficiencies in our business and really leveraging technology to automate as many things as possible. Yes. Yes. No, wait. Automation is Mm -hmm. so key, so key to developing habits that support Mm. your your efforts and your goals because when we automate things, it just makes it that much more likely that it's going to happen. If you're talking about like automated habits, it's just like you don't need to put the brain power into it. It just happens, right? Right. Right. Things are just happening because when you have a certain cue, something else is automatically supposed to happen and it does. So you don't have to put the brain power into that. You put the brain power into the other stuff that really moves yes. you forward, right? Yes. So, so in our office, what I'm looking at is very much like you, Lauren. We both are in legacy businesses. We are. Mm-hmm. We have our fathers specifically have started businesses decades ago. We've been mm-hmm. working there for a while, and you know, working on a transition. And my dad's done an amazing job taking risks and being innovative and 
put together a really beautiful business that has served thousands of people and we employ people. We have multiple advisors. It's a great mm-hmm. business. I want to be a good steward of what he has started and what we've all enjoyed. But yes. I also want to make sure that we're focusing on things that are going to make us successful for the next decade. And business changes so fast. Technology is changing so fast. Clients' expectations and needs are changing all the time. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that we have things set up to be as efficient as possible so that when we need to be pivoting or we need to be looking to what is the next thing that's going to move business forward, we're prepared for that. Because the things that, you know, we have core values and those will never change. Mm -hmm. Those core values are imperative to continue driving forward. However, the strategies used to implement them are going to probably have to change, right? As business changes, as industry changes. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what my focus is around. How do we move us forward to be successful in the next decade and the decade after that? And what can we do now to lay the groundwork for to be absolutely as efficient as possible and leverage technology as much as possible so that we can scale when we need to yes, um, and, and continue to serve more people and help more people and employ more people. So it's on yes. professional growth in that, yes. in that way. I love how you're very intentional about honoring what has already been built, but also honoring the fact that you are serving people at the end of the day and in a very important way. Finances touch every aspect of people's lives. And we've addressed this before where finance and financial wellness is almost as important as your physical wellness. I mean, I think it is just as important. It doesn't mean being rich, okay? It's not about a dollar amount being wealthy, but it's about Mm -hmm. being... uh, You know, Actually, I heard a phrase the other day. It's having financial dignity. Oh, that's a beautiful term. I think I heard it from um, a woman named Stacy Flowers. She's she was oh. giving a speech, beautiful woman, and she talked about having financial dignity. And it was just to be able to know your money and use it properly. And that can yes. be like at any level, right? That could be making $60,000 a year. That could be at $600,000 a year. It doesn't necessarily matter, but it's about knowing your money, being able to make good decisions about it. And mm-hmm. understand where it's where it's coming from, where it's going, and what it can do for you, right? So, yes. Yeah, I, I loved I loved that term. And when when we work with people, we often are finding that if they're having problems uh, with their money, very often they're symptomatic of other issues in their lives, especially mm-hmm. if they're you know in a partnership, if they're a couple, or maybe with a business. I said partnership could be a business partnership, right? Right. But when there's like communication issues within between partners, sometimes people will make unwise spending decisions because they're unhappy about something. You know, like lots of times money problems are the symptom of something else. And if they're not the symptom of something else, very often they're causing problems in other areas. So it really is just as important as taking care of your body and taking care of your mind, taking care of your money. It's just just as important. So as you're focusing on creating efficiencies in the business to, to really take it to the next stage... What areas are you finding that you're having to give yourself grace to be able to do that? So, uh, <laughs> and I want to make sure that I say this in the right way. Uh-huh. I, I've, but I've, I've had to kind of let go of the idea of being the primary parent involved in my children's school activities and really like controlling all things for them. And that's something I think that typically as women, 
we tend to adopt that role more naturally. Are we getting into stereotypical gender roles here? <laughs> yes. So we don't have those in my house. So in, no. in my household, when we had our third child, we made the decision for my husband to leave his job and stay home with our children. That mm-hmm. that would be the absolute best use of his time and talent because I liked my job more. I was more driven in my career and had more upside, you know, earning potential. So it just just made a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're we're both happy in our roles right now. It's not to say that they haven't been without challenges <laughs> because even if we are super progressive here uh, yes. and and we don't care about you know gender norms here for stereotypical uh-huh. roles uh-huh. in a family, we have built in biases and we have built in practices and habits. Mm-hmm. that we've had to acknowledge and work through and continue to work through. And one of those, I would say, isn't even necessarily because of our, our of typical roles, but is my control issues. It's really, mm. <laughs> really just going to acknowledge it's my control Aww. issues here. But, so, but can we just really acknowledge, <laughs> can we just say that when you say control issues, I think what you're really meaning is that you have a really strong desire for everything to work out for your kids yes. and your family. Yeah. So. And it, it, it might be a little bit misguided, <laughs> but but your intention is good. Listen, I'm a doer. Okay? I'm a doer. So, no, I mean, I think you are too. When you yeah. see something that needs to be done, your inclination is to do it. It's yes. not to ask someone else to do it. When right. you see a problem that needs to be solved, it's to jump right in. It's not to mm-hmm. ask someone else, oh, hey, can you figure this out? Right. And in order to do the most important things that need to be done, and this, I can get it in business. I'm much better yes. about it in business. In business, I can say, all right, what are the things that only I can do? All right, I'm going to focus on doing those and delegate the others to someone else. Why can't I apply that at home in my personal life? This is what, <laughs> this has been a challenge for me, but it's something that I've had to give myself some grace on and say, you know what? You, my husband's name is Matt. Got to just let Matt handle those things. Um, mm-hmm. I need to allow him to, because he will if I allow him to, but if I'm constantly just immediately jumping in and doing them, he's never going to have the opportunity to do them. Right. Perfect example was Valentine's Day this year. As the parent who is our stay-at-home parent, mm-hmm. he has over the year, these last few years, done been gradually taking on more of that emotional burden, right? Yes. The emotional burden of thinking of all the things your kids need to have all the time mm-hmm. and making sure they have it. That mm-hmm. can be as simple as, hey, who's going to pack lunches and make sure that there are lunches, things like Valentine's. Yes. <laughs> so happens this year. I need to just let him do things and allow him allow him the opportunity to fail at things. Yes. That's the only way that you can allow someone the opportunity to succeed, right? Correct. You, yes. People need to be allowed the opportunities to succeed, which means you also have to be willing to allow for failure where, where it might be necessary. Mm-hmm. So it turns out that on Valentine's Day itself, Grace did not bring Valentine's to school. <laughs> did the world end? No, no, she brought them on the next day that she went into school. Yes. And also as a reminder that, hey, this is a school thing. It's something <laughs> I would like you to take care of, even though for the last 14 years, I've always done this. Right. And and so one, I need to have better communication. And two, I need to not get in on him about it if he mess. I don't want to say messes up. That's the wrong word. No. I have to, it, it's, it's not a problem. It's okay. Yes. <laughs> it's okay. Like the you world said, will not end. The world did not end. It was a learning <laughs> opportunity. And that's all failure is. both of us. It's a learning opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And frankly, like he's gotten to be so good at things. I just needed to let him do them and not jump in on them. And I have to do the same thing with my kids too. Yeah. I I have to let them fail at things so that they can be better. Because the only way I've gotten good at doing things is because I had the opportunity to fail. Right? Right. Right. So that's my area. (laughs) That's my area of grace. 
it sounds, yes. maybe it sounds silly, but it's actually huge for me. No, it's huge no, I don't mom. think it's silly. I don't think it's silly at all, Donna. I think that really it's something, and, and that's my point at the beginning by saying, I think there are expectations placed on us as women, just as part of society. It's not, you know, we've generally accepted that women are in the workforce and chores around the house might be split 50-50 or things have shifted and changed. But that emotional burden that you described or emotional piece of family that still exists does mm-hmm. frequently tend to fall on women's shoulders more. Yeah. So it, it is an area where you have to realize neither you nor Matt are going to do things perfectly and you and have to give grace. Yeah. A couple of other examples real quick, I'm going to throw in because they're very different than what I just suggested. It's yeah. also that I don't need to be at everything. Right. Like, which is a very, another, a very obvious thing to say, but I love, you know, my job because I have so much flexibility so I can volunteer and do all this stuff. I just put the kibosh on that. I, I cannot volunteer for all the things I thought I could volunteer for. I wanted to show up for everything. I cannot show up for everything. Yeah. I cannot be at every basketball game. I cannot be the in-classroom mom for a lot of things. And for a couple of years, I was really trying to do all of that. I was miserable. <laughs> I was yes. really... I had anxiety all mm. the time about trying to be prepared for things for, for work and for clients and also be prepared for the areas that I volunteer for professionally and then also all the areas I volunteer for in the kids' school. I was the treasurer for our, our PTO. It was horrible. It was, it was horrible. <laughs> I had a well, very a unrealistic expectation of what it was going to be. 632 checks for $4 each when there's flowers for teacher appreciation. Like yes. it was crazy. Um, yes. So yeah, just had to be like, no, I, I can't do this. I well, cannot do everything. That gets back to, we can do everything, just not all at mm. the same time. And when you're trying to yeah. do it all at the same time, and you're I not think doing anything really that well, no, no or at least not the no. best you can. No, which is why we're talking about right now. You have a primary area of mm-hmm. focus, yeah. and so are there things that you are doing? Are there habits or systems or processes that you're utilizing to? really focus on that business growth and and this primary area of focus for you right now? Yeah. I'd say the biggest one is changing the way I handle my scheduling because you know we aren't just certified financial planner practitioners who work with Mm -hmm. clients, but we're also managing a business, which means that we actually have to put time into running the business well if we want it to grow. So I had to be really... and, And I haven't I was going to say I haven't perfected. Um, I haven't gotten to my optimal process for this yet, but Mm -hmm. I am working really hard on doing a better job at time blocking and actually honoring the time blocking. One of the things that I wasn't allowing myself was enough time to do work. Sometimes creative work requires like coming up with new ideas or figuring out how you're going to implement ideas. Mm -hmm. It requires some time to just think. It It really really does. does. It requires time to be quiet with yourself and just think to not be interrupted by phone calls. It means not allowing things to infringe on your schedule and recognizing that that's important time in your schedule. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely one thing. And what I have found most beneficial in this is the same way that you've implemented um, a morning routine specifically that includes running. Mm -hmm. I have also said I need a really good morning routine morning routine that incorporates some exercise. So that's absolutely something that I do now. And I didn't used to do it in the morning. I used mm. to hate it. Uh-huh. So, so maybe I should really back it all the way up to, <laughs> I started going to bed really early. Yes. <laughs> and it should be. I started going to bed really early because I started getting up 
really early because I mm-hmm. want to be able to exercise and I want to have 15 to 20 minutes to sit with my planner. I love planners. I yes. have many planners. I love them. Different ones I feel like are better for different purposes. Uh-huh. Uh, when my best overall planner so far that I've been able to find is Brendan Burchard's High Performance Planner. I love it. I know you use it too. Yes. Yeah. I know a few people use it and it's different in that it asks you to be intentional. It's not just fit in your time blocks through the day, but Mm -hmm. what is your most important intention for the day? What are some things that could happen to trip you up during the day, infringe on your schedule, challenge you accomplishing your three most important things? So it really helps you to kind of think ahead so that you can already have strategies set up to deal with challenges in your schedule, right? Yes. And I will add, going back to habits for myself mm -hmm. as well, really, I'm so thankful that you turned me on to that planner because it has been really life-changing for me. And I think what you just said is really key, that it's causing you to think in advance of what the potential obstacles might be that show up in your day and strategize ahead of time about how will you handle those? Because I think when you go in prepared, odds are those obstacles probably won't present themselves because you've already done the work and prepared for when they show up. But the other thing I really love about that planner is that you are then reflecting in the evening on what you had set your intentions for at the beginning of the day. And so when you have that accountability piece you go through your day a little bit differently. So it was a struggle for me initially. I will say that it does take a little bit of time to sit down and you've obviously allocated the time to sit down and do that. You need to make the time for it. Otherwise it won't happen and you can just stick with like your outlook. (laughs) Right, right. Well, and it's like the time I carved out of the end of my workday and before I pick up my kids from school to really focus on doing something for myself and self-care. This is time where you look at it and think, I don't have the time to do this. But at this point, would you agree? For me, it's, I don't have the time not to do this because I'm willing to leverage my time throughout the day. And this is an investment in myself. And it's also great because you have a million like little tasks, right? There are a million little tasks that you'd like Mm -hmm. to accomplish because they help you in pursuit of your larger goals. Mm -hmm. And what I like about this is I, I write them down knowing I'm not going to get to all of them today, but they're all there. So if I find myself with some free time, I can address one. Mm-hmm. And if not, I'm just moving them over to the next day until it's time for that task to take precedence in my schedule. Yes. But it's, it's just recognizing that you have all these things you want to do. You can't do them all at once, right, right on theme with our, our episode today. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And um, But there are certain things I listed, I think, as like your big three or your top goals. There are those certain things that you have to get done. So what's your primary area of focus? What are you focusing on right now? On a daily basis, you're doing that and recognizing there are other things you kind of have to put on hold. Mm-hmm. So where we're talking about it today in the context of like this, this season of our life or this, these few months or whatever we are mm-hmm. right now, we're talking on areas of focus. This planner has me doing it on a daily basis. What are the things that have to get done today? How do I want to show up? Like it actually asks me, how do I want to show up as a person today? If I was going to use a word to describe myself, which is so good because some days it's yes. as simple as I'm focused. Actually, a lot mm-hmm. of days. Uh-huh. <laughs> focused. And but other days it's just, you know, I'm I'm showing up as helpful based on what's mm-hmm. going on in my in my schedule, you know? So and that really helps guide you. If I know who I want to be in that day, that really guides my decisions for what I'm doing throughout the day and and helps me prioritize what's most important that day. Yes. versus what's not most important that day. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And I will admit that I don't always get through all the reflections at the end, <laughs> but I still find I don't need to be part. I've accepted. And at first, there were days in the beginning where I would just put the planner aside because I didn't want to face it. <laughs> so I, was right. like, I can't, I can't do all this. I said, no, I don't have to do all this. I can make my own choices. And if I don't have time to do all of it, let's do what's most important. And so I yes. still continue to use it in that way. Well, and I think that's key. I think you and I have both found that that particular planner resonates with us and it helps us achieve our goals and maintain our focus. But a lot of our conversations together and what we hope to bring to you is really what are the things that we're finding that we are using in our lives, Donna Grace, you, you and I are using these this planner, for example, or running or the Whole30 diet was something that really worked well for me in rebalancing and resetting my nutrition. So it's probably one of the things that had a biggest, one of the biggest impacts on your, like your wellness journey. I yes. Think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It made it very clear to me what things in my diet were of value and what were really a detriment to me. And so I was able to shift how I ate and it's really, it's given me more energy. So more energy leads to more productivity. And it really is a ripple effect. And that's what we hope to bring to you is our shared experience and the things that we're doing and the things that we're learning that we're finding work for us, work for our clients. And you take what works for you and leave the rest. And maybe something works for you now and not a year from now. A year from now, we may not be using the High Performance Planner. It might be something different. (laughs) Maybe I will have created a better planner for my needs. (gasps) You will have. And I could share it. (laughs) Yes. I love that idea. So there there are so many things. One one more thing I want to leave us with here today is, I don't know if the right word is accountability partner, but definitely the word partner in this. I really felt that everything I'm doing becomes more impactful when I'm talking about it. Yes. And, And talking about it with you, Lauren, has been awesome. When, when you yeah. share something with me that's working for you, mm-hmm. I find that to be helpful. And I've shared stuff that's working for me with you. We're yes. benefiting from each other's successes. I believe that's true for everyone. If you are hearing what other people are doing and that that's why we're sharing. When you yes. hear what other people are doing, you can, can try what's given them success. And, and if it works for you, that's great. And you can share with someone else. Yes. <laughs> and, and I think that that is, is really so important. And just the spirit behind our podcast altogether. Yeah. So we're really excited that you're joining us for this ongoing journey as we explore these topics and ask all of our guests the questions that we've posed to each other today. Thank you for being part of this conversation with us. And uh, we can't wait to talk to you more next time. Be well. Um,